Festival of Nature. The UK's largest free celebration of the natural world is back and looking a bit different this year with a brand new programme of activity to help everyone discover new ways to connect with nature this summer, including this podcast. This year's festival is all about nature voices, celebrating and honouring how nature has supported us through the pandemic and the ways we can work together with nature to support our collective recoveries. And welcome to this podcast as part of the Festival of Nature 2021. My name's Kitty McFarlane and today I'm delighted to be joined by geoscientist Dr Hazel Beaumont. He's going to give us a sneaky glimpse into what it means to work in the world of geoscience, how to get there, the range of jobs available and hopefully she'll give us a bit of her love for the fascinating world beneath our feet. Hi Hazel, welcome. Hi. Lovely to have you here today. Um, I thought we should probably start with the basics. What is geoscience? What are we talking about when we talk about geoscience? Okay, so geoscience is a really kind of big capital term and every geoscientist out there will have a different definition for the word, unfortunately. I'm part of an organisation called Geoscience for the Future and we define geoscience as anything and everything pertaining to the world in which we live and how that works. So anything from geology to physical geography to environmental science, literally anything that helps us understand our world, we define as geoscience. A big scope of all sorts. Wow, that's incredible. And there's and there's loads of different areas, aren't there? Could you give us a bit of an insight into where do you start dividing up that kind of thing? There's everything from the ocean to a river to a lake to a volcano to, you know, people are looking at rocks on Mars, for instance, and thinking about the solar system and understanding that. And to understand the solar system, you still need to have a good understanding of how the Earth works. You know, all links in some way. But then you have physical geography, which is all about the modern day processes, you know, how the river works today. Whereas for geology, for instance, you've been looking at how the river works today and then thinking about how does the rock preserve that? You know, if we see an alien dune form, for instance, how does a rock preserve that alien dune form? So it's very wide ranging in that, in that sense. But overall, we're kind of really concentrating on the modern day processes and thinking about how we can translate that into the past environment. So that's kind of like the physical process-esque kind of area. But we also have the resource side of of geoscience everything that we do has a resource to it so think about the cup of tea or coffee or water that you drank this morning or you've drunk throughout the day to get that water we have to store that somewhere so we store that in what's known as an aquifer you know, or a reservoir we've all probably walked past the reservoir yeah. so you know geoscience is about understanding how we get the water into the reservoir and then that water from the reservoir to your tap you know or to your shower or to your washer or to your sink you know it's We're currently sat talking to each other over a computer. A computer has got loads of minerals in it. To find those minerals, we have to know where they are. We have to think about where the copper's come from, where the metals have come from. A lot of people, not everybody, is obviously transitioning to electric vehicles. I'm wearing a Fitbit. It's got a lithium battery in it. We need to find that lithium. So, you know, geoscience is about the resource side of it as well and kind of actually understanding where the resources come from and how we can then use that understanding to find those resources even more that can then implement and you know build the kind of societal things that we have today also just things like your house or your flat or wherever you live is built out of sandstone or clay bricks 
you know, they need to be found within whichever country and then built to form kind of that building or that bridge or part of the road network. So geoscience is it's everything and everywhere. <laughs> it's actually mind-blowing if you think about the range of things. And, and when you start thinking about everything you use in your day-to-day life and where it's come from, the things you're eating, the things you're you know, eating it with, that's just completely mind-blowing. And I guess in a world that, you know, where we are living in a climate emergency and we are putting our minds to how to live more sustainably, what we take out of the earth, what we're extracting and how we're using it is such a relevant question and concern as well. Definitely, especially if you think about the energy transition that we're kind of trying to go through right now. And it's so much of our life is surrounded by oil and gas. We didn't even realise, I think, as a society, how much we use oil and gas, but we are going through that energy transition to try and step away from that mass kind of carbon producing era into using like, you know, solar panels and wind farms and tidal energy to generate the power just to turn on your lights, but those kind of things. So it's to be able to do those things, we need to know where those minerals are in order to actually build that equipment to help fight that climate emergency that's currently happening. I'm really interested in hearing a bit about how you personally got involved as well and and whether this is something that has crept up on you throughout your life or whether you as a child had a kind of moment of curiosity or interest. So I have a very vivid memory of my old year nine school teacher called Mrs Slater and she was trying to explain how a volcano like erupted and she had a load of paper in her hand and jumped on top of her desk and literally threw the paper into the air with her arms and this paper she's like volcanoes go and just like threw the paper everywhere and I have this memory of my in my head of being like I want to understand how that actually happens that's really cool like a really cool moment and like then following on that she asked us to basically build a volcano and I went home and I was like mum I have to build a volcano for for part of like my school coursework or whatever it was at the time and she was like okay let's do that out of cake and I was like we can build a volcano out of cake so we like made a cake and loads of what we call them buns are like fairy cakes build up like loads of little fairy cakes into the shape of a cone like laced it up with red icing and strawberry laces and stuff so you know that that happened I don't know year nine he like 13 maybe at that point amazing I love I just love the idea of you uh, in your I don't know what what you specify in exactly but in your day-to-day life analyzing a sedimentary layer or something and in your head you're thinking fairy cakes fairy cakes red icing <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant so why are you living here and and were you not tempted to move somewhere where you know there was loads of seismic action or things like that yeah, it's just a product of jobs, really, to be honest, more than anything. Um, so I did, I did my degree, did a master's, I did a PhD, really fell into sedimentology, so just kind of looking at sandstones and understanding the sandstone that was a river. And then as I did my PhD, I did a lot of what was termed demonstrating, so it's kind of where you go into undergraduate practicals and you help kind of out in the classrooms. I did a lot of fieldwork with my PhD supervisor on trips and stuff, and then from there got towards the end of my PhD and I thought I really just want to teach I'm so passionate about the area of which my research is focused I just thought well I, you know, I really want to teach I really want to try and enthuse other people and meet other students and I think now uh, you know I've been at the University of the West of England for th- almost three full academic years so I've, I've seen it a cycle of 
geoscientists go through. And, you know, I can see where some of my current third years are just about to graduate, where they started and where they've got to. And I'm just so proud of where they've come from, where they've got to, and knowing that I've instilled some passion, some knowledge on that person. They can go off and use that and take that and do whatever they want to do for the rest of their lives. Like, there are no words to explain how that makes me feel. It just makes me feel so proud of that person, so kind of impassioned. I just want to continue doing it. So. Yeah, I can imagine actually, especially in a field which is literally going to be so important in the future and how we, re- we relate to the planet. And those are the people that you're instilling a passion into. And it sounds like, I mean, it's amazing that you get the chance to spend so much time outdoors. I, I get the impression that it must be a world that's heavily dictated by developing technologies, ways of analysing data and things. Is there a lot of indoor time spent as well as outdoor time in, in the work you do? To be honest, that very much depends on kind of which element of of geoscience you go. I'm currently working on microplastics and microplastics in modern rivers. So there's a lot of time spent, you know, I spend maybe four or five days outside collecting the data, but there's a lot of then lab time spent separating those microplastics out from the sediments. So there is definitely lab time associated with that. But then, you know, if you think about like GPS systems or we or LIDAR is another system and you need to be very multidisciplinary with that because you need to have the understanding from the geoscientist point of view, but you also need somebody that actually really understands how that you know how that lidar system works, or how that GPS system works, or you know how that photograph photogrammetry system works to really actually be able to get the data that you need to understand, but also for them to be able to help you get that data if that makes sense. So I think having that clear communication and like really good understanding with multiple people is really, really helpful in that sense. So have you had the chance to explore other areas of the world and different versions of geology around the world and and rivers and waterways and things? Or has it mostly been UK based for you personally in your career? Every geoscience undergraduate degree has an abroad field trip on it. Generally, you have a trip to a lot of places. Go to Almeria, which is in southern Spain. Um, beautiful, really well-exposed materials, and you can interpret sea level variations and lots of different rocks, nice reefs, nice sandstones. You've got nice igneous materials. Yeah, so you've got a whole bunch of different kind of things that you can look at. But a lot of my PhD work was actually based in Rajasthan. Wow. And northwestern India, yeah. So a lot, well, I say a lot, all of my data came from there. So yeah, I looked at a a major river system out there, Cretaceous aged river system out there. Yeah, so that that was great. A lot of outcrops, a lot of field work. And then we also looked at a lot of uh, what's known as core data. So core data is basically where you drill into the rock and then you kind of just pull out kind of meters on meters worth of basically lumps of rock. And they cut it in half. They come out in um, like a glass shape. And so it's very spherical. They do what's the term slabbing. So they cut it in half. And then you can look at all of the materials or all of the lines basically within the rock there. And then while I was doing my PhD, I also, uh, there's an undergraduate trip that went to America. So I went on that trip a couple of times as well. They were based in what's known as the Paradox Basin. So it's kind of southwestern America. So kind of Utah. California, Nevada area. So we, we, were, we were based in Las Vegas for a few days, looking at kind of all the natural features there in terms of the rocks, but also the, the, the natural deserts and a place called Badwater Basin, which is highly evaporitic. I think it's 85 metres below sea level, if I'm correct. And then from there, they kind of meander all the way up to Mab, which is in Utah, and looking at the different 
kind of rocks so we stopped at the Grand Canyon to see that and then we kind of saw various national parks on kind of up and again you it's about understanding the rocks and the, what's there and how that all ties together and what that kind of means what an amazing array of places I can I, honestly you just mentioning them makes me want to go into this world and I have no knowledge of it at all it sounds absolutely fascinating and I'm sure that anyone listening will have a small glimpse into something that they didn't perhaps know about before. And it's, it's definitely whetted my appetite. Um, thank you so much for, for talking to us today and for giving us this little glance into the world beneath our feet. It's been really, really interesting. And hopefully it's given people with an interest in the field something to go on as well. So thanks so much, Dr. Hazel Beaumont. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You can check out the rest of Festival of Nature celebrations, including more episodes of this podcast, by heading to www.festivalofnature.org.uk or by following the hashtag FestofNature21. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.